This is Self-Care You with Scott, and today on the show we welcome Sam Hill. Sam would be the first to tell you that her relationship with Taylor is very much like living in the Notebook movie. In March 2020, like everyone, Taylor and Sam were forced to deal with COVID. Trips to the ex that Taylor and Sam loved became a memory. Two months into COVID, Taylor was diagnosed with a brain tumor. April 30th, Sam remembers dropping Taylor off at the hospital for what was to be a consultation with a neurologist. Taylor then ended up staying in the hospital for two weeks by himself thanks to COVID. Sam was unable to go and see him. On May 2nd, Taylor finally had surgery. It was during the surgery that Taylor suffered a stroke. But don't count my guy Taylor out. This guy's a fighter. After surgery, stars aligned and Taylor and Sam were able to get married in August of 2020. The beginning of 2021 held some unfortunate news with the first bad MRI, bad prognosis, and the tumor had gotten worse. When I first communicated with Sam, she mentioned everyone applauds her for her strength and her resilience, but Sam likes to let everyone know that she is training her brain to stay in the zone because giving up is not an option. Immediately after reading that, I get this phrase that sticks in my head. Your condition is not your conclusion. Sam knows that. She's a fighter, and she's dedicated to supporting her husband throughout this battle. Today we have a conversation about family, staying positive and focused in a tough time, and how we can support. This is Self Care You, and we're about to level up with Sam Hill. What's good, everybody? Thanks for sticking around to another episode of Self-Care You. I'm your host, Scott, and today we have an amazing conversation with Sam Hill. She talks about her resilience going through a situation with her husband. Her husband has been diagnosed with a brain tumor, and he's battling it all while going through COVID. We talk about the fact that they were able to organize their wedding after being postponed and postponed and postponed. And we also talk about the Greek tycoon, the great people over there at the Greek tycoon and Whippy and how they put us in contact when I first saw the fundraising poster. So we're going to have an amazing conversation. I'm excited about it. Let's get into it. Today, we have the opportunity to sit down with Samantha Hill. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Really good. How's everything going with COVID? Ugh, I'm <laughs> We, we ask everyone that, and that's the exact same expression we get all the time. It's just like, oh, it's one of these things you just can't get rid of, right? I'm done with it. You know, Sam, when we first met, you mentioned your relationship with Taylor was like living in the movie The Notebook. And I think that's a great start. So I'd love for you to kind of give the, the listeners a little bit about your relationship that you have. Okay. A little bit just about myself first is... The kind of person I am, like I like to show gratitude in everything I do. And I think that kindness wins every time. And I don't hold grudges. I always forgive because I know life is too short and I just love all the good things in life. And that's kind of what happened with Taylor and I. It's a funny, not funny story because he was actually working with my ex-boyfriend, <laughs> but I didn't make a move before I was single. <laughs> like, I would do it. Um, so it was just clearly meant to be and I've always felt like that so we started dating for a month and we went to the X in Toronto August 29th 2012 and that's where Taylor asked me to make it official and 
it honestly felt like we were the most in love that two people have ever been in. And we were barely eating, we were barely sleeping, and we spent as many hours of the day as we could together. And I actually stuck notebook, quote unquote, sort of like the movie where he has something to read to her when their life, you know, when they're when she gets Alzheimer's. And I wrote in that book almost every day and everything we did was just made better by being together. And I think this made our almost nine years together now feel like 50. And I honestly feel like Taylor and I have lived more than a lifetime of memories in this time we've been together. And now because of his diagnosis, I feel like we grew old together and we're living that end stage now. And that bond is so important in relationships. My wife and I, you know, we dated all through high school and we separated for almost 10 years and then we came back to each other and that was six years ago and we're married now and we have a house right. and we're starting a family. And you just know, right? That connection is that you just know that that's the right person because nothing else matters, right? So I totally get where you're coming from in that. You mentioned the diagnosis and it's one of those things, you know, some unfortunate news but I was really interested in you sharing the diagnosis with us and, you know, the story behind that. Yeah. So Taylor has glioblastoma multiform. It's the same cancer that Gord Downey actually had. Um, it's the most common and most aggressive type of brain tumor. It's a stage four cancer and the cells of these tumors, they grow really quickly. They're not well-defined so they can spread throughout the brain and your spine really quickly, but it won't spread anywhere else. Um, glioblastoma, it's really difficult to treat. It's really resistant to common therapies. Um, not many drugs can cross that blood brain barrier kind of thing. And, um, surgery, if it's even possible is usually the first step and it's almost always followed by radiation, chemotherapy. And with Taylor, luckily they were able to remove 95% of his tumor with surgery and, that's why he's lived as long as he has but the average survival rate for this tumor is 12 to 14 months which is really not <laughs> and so his specific tumor had actually a pretty bad molecular profile that the doctors were pretty wary about even from the beginning um, and in some cases, lo extreme long-term survival does happen, which is more than five years, which sounds ridiculous that that's extreme long-term, but that's only less than 10% of treat patients. So, Yeah, it's a tough thought process to go through. Uh, you know, my mom, when I was 17 years old, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and my mom is still here still living her life and I'm 36 years old. You know what I mean? Uh, I told you off air, we talked about my good friend, Danielle Mackay, and, and we truly believe, you know, your condition isn't your conclusion. We truly think that the work that you're doing to help Taylor is amazing. We had a conversation about April 30th. That's a day that really changed in your life. And I, I was really hoping that you know, we know about the diagnosis. Maybe you can give us a little bit more in-depth story of dropping Taylor off at the hospital and where we went from there. Yeah. So first, I want to outline some of the first things that happened even before I dropped him off at the hospital, only because I feel like brain tumor symptoms are so... You, you'd never think it's brain tumor. That's why I just really want to outline that so that yeah. we kind of spread awareness about it, right? To 
uh, beginning of April 2020, things started to get kind of weird. Obviously, COVID just started. Taylor's laid off work. Schools are closed. I'm a teacher. It was bizarre. So Taylor wakes up in the middle of the night and he asked me, do you smell that? I said, what do you mean? I don't smell anything. He woke up. He threw up because the smell was so bad. He's trying to describe the smell. He's like, I don't know. It's like a stink bug crawled in my nose. I have no idea what this is. And then for the next three days, he was just sick. Couldn't get out of bed nauseous got no appetite i'm like oh come on i'm like is this covid what is happening <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so you know we the smell keeps coming after those three days he was fine no more nausea but the smell just kept coming and he could he got to the point where he could tell me when it's coming he felt butterflies in his stomach kind of like a seizure almost and you know it would he'd have the smell for like 10 seconds and then it would go away so we didn't know what it was start calling doctors figuring things out go for an mri get a phone call from his doctor that just says that he's got a mass on his brain and all the neurologist offices are closed or they're not in person all that stuff covid made it complicated then she said go to sunnybrook emerge april 30th I said, okay, no problem. She said, you'll get a neurologist there right away because you're an eMERGE. So right. go pick up the scans from her, drive the hour and a half to Sunnybrook. And then I just, it was just casual, right? I'm just like, bye. Okay, see you in a bit. Like, yeah, I'll pick you like, up after lunch or something. Yeah, no problem. Right? I sit in the metro parking lot. A few hours go by. A couple friends of ours actually that live really close to Sunnybrook, they came to sit in their car beside my car to just some moral support. I didn't see him again for two weeks because he ended up getting admitted. So I sat in that parking lot for a few hours. We went back to the condo. He's texting me saying, oh, what snack are we going to pick up on our way home? I'm like, home. Yeah. It's crazy to think like you just had this casual drop off, something that you didn't think was going to be too much of a concern, more of a, a checkup because we need to go yeah. through and find out what this is. And then it, you know, pretty much two weeks he's in the hospital with no, well, I imagine you had interaction, but just yeah. wondering and just anxiousness. I'm wondering about those feelings that you maybe had during that time. Yeah, it was, I'm, it was the worst thing ever. We had never been apart for two weeks before. And he, he had brain surgery on May 2nd, like he could have died during brain surgery. And I wasn't even allowed in the hospital once. And I get it trying to, you know, COVID, but it was just uncomprehendable. I not being able to be there, but at least our two friends that I mentioned earlier, they live really close to Sunnybrook. So they actually let me stay at their place for two full weeks out of nowhere. They're still work like, you know, she's still working. They're still doing their thing, but they let me into their home for the two weeks and I can never thank them enough for that. And I cannot explain my feelings deep enough for you to understand, you know, like how hard it was to not be there for someone when they're finding out they have cancer, when they had to have a stroke during surgery and then be in the hospital for two weeks with nobody, not one person that's familiar to you. Yeah. The, the feelings like right now, I just feel like if I was in that situation by myself, 
in a hospital that is going through a pandemic. So you know that the interaction that you generally had with nurses pre-COVID was a little better than obviously someone with a face mask and a big, you know, right. outfit on or whatever it may be. I just I just don't even understand how, where you start to deal with what's going on when you're just by yourself and you don't even know what's going on. Right. So sounds like uh, I said it in our intro. This guy sounds like a fighter for sure. And, and he's the type sure. of guy that's digging down and he's just going to get it done, right? Yeah, honestly, the the staff at Sunnybrook, all the doctors and the nurses and the social workers and everybody was amazing. They let me call the nursing station as many times a day as I wanted to. And the social worker actually, um, she asked me if I'd like to go for a walk with Taylor. I said, of course I do. So he had to use a standing walker for a while as he regained the strength on his left side. And she actually walked in front of him with the iPad on video chat backwards so that I could actually yeah. walking with him. It was, they were so good. They, they really tried to make it as good as they could, honestly. Really? And that's kindness down to the root. Like that's an individual who's just literally trying to give you both what you need, which is connection. Right. Totally. And especially that's the divide. That's the reason that you're having a, you know, obviously there's, the surgery and there's the tumor, but it all comes down to connection because you can defeat anything. You just told us at the beginning of this that you have such a bond and now you're just separated, right? Yeah, for sure. So I can imagine how tough that would be. We had the stroke on the table and then we had the surgery. It took two weeks to recover and then things started to get better. They did. So he had six weeks of radiation and chemo. Then after that, an MRI looks great. We asked them, do you think we could still get married? And they're like, yep. When were you thinking? I said, end of August. And they were like, that should be perfect. So that we ended up getting married still last year. Like you mentioned to me, when we had our first conversation, you said the stars aligned and you're able to get married. And I'm really interested to hear about it because I could hear, although we haven't met face to face, I could hear the excitement in that in that text. And I'm interested to hear about your wedding. <laughs> For sure. So we, like I said, we started dating August 29th, 2012. And he asked me to marry him August 29th, 2017. And we had planned to get married August 29th, 2020. We were going to have a wedding over 200 people made a bunch of deposits. COVID started, we canceled, replanned, replanned, replanned. Yeah. And then finally, we were able to actually have about 100 people at the the Carver's Cottage in Pickering is beautiful. And we wanted our ceremony there originally anyways. We rented a tent. We put it up in Taylor's aunt and uncle's backyard. COVID cases were just under 100. It was absolutely perfect. All the groomsmen shaved their heads to match Taylor too. It was just the best day. But it gets even better. So the beer company Miller was hosting a contest for $10,000 to go toward the wedding for three couples in Canada. And you had to submit a write-up outlining how COVID affected your wedding and why it's still important for you to get married this year, which is kind of obvious for us. We were one of the lucky couples to win this and they sent a photographer and they gave us all this beer and it was amazing. Come on, that's awesome, right? <laughs> That's pretty great to have someone outside of your circle recognize you, you know, your story recognizable and, and understand that we've been struggling to get this done and we can't because of this pandemic and uh, the roadblocks that we have with the surgeries and 
now we're finally here. And that, that's an amazing story because my wife and I got married during COVID as well. You know, when we started our planning, it was five people. And then we were able to have 10 people and 20 people and so on and so forth. So I definitely know where you're coming from in that regard. And I'm really glad that you guys had a great time. For sure. <laughs> I'm really interested in how you cope. You seem like a individual that's upbeat, that's positive, something we really love here at Self Care You. And I'm interested in how you cope with the stressors, because we know that there's things that you go through and I'm sure you have a great support group or some people that you can relate to, but we're really trying to express that interest to other people that might be going through the same thing you are. Totally. So people always say to me, I don't know how you're doing it. And to be honest, I'm never actually okay. Like I haven't been okay since for one day since this started. And some days I'm mad at the tumor for taking my husband from me. And, you know, I miss the hope of the future. Sometimes I know I have it for myself and I celebrate that I have it for myself, but I miss having the hope of the togetherness of the future. And, you know, I just don't let a bad minute turn into a bad hour. I don't let a bad hour turn into a bad day and, you know, just continuing and I tell myself, you will survive this. Being a caregiver, though, it it completely changes your relationship with someone. You are their safe place, and the person you're taking care of feels comfortable to vent their frustrations to you, and they might place blame on you for things neither of you have any control over, but you stay there because you know they need you, and there's no obstacle too big, and I would truly do anything for Taylor but I've never felt this type of tired in my life. It's physical, mental, emotional, all kinds of fatigue. And a shout out to caregivers. If you're listening, know that if you're doing your part to love and care for a loved one in all the right ways, you deserve that love and care too. Even if you have to do it for yourself. I've learned to swallow my pride and accept help because you just can't do this job alone. And my tolerance for being busy is quite high. Being a teacher, my patience is quite high. But there are days where you do kind of feel helpless and too tired to do anything. And, you know, when those days come, you just try to let yourself do nothing if you can. (laughs) You could tell, Sam, that you're the type of person that's resilient. You're upbeat. And for somebody who is going through something like this that can really weigh you down. And I've seen experiences with other individuals when they were the caregiver really lowers their morale. They really have a tough time dealing with it and kind of just go into, I would say as a form of depression. I don't see that with you at all, but I definitely think that there's something that you're able to, to do that's helping you that maybe someone else is searching for. Do you have that kind of like that one thing? Yeah, like there's, it's hard because there, there's not one thing, but you'll hear all the classic cliche things like one day at a time. And there is so much truth to that. And it can take a really long time to adjust to changes like this. And once you realize that the only thing that really needs your attention is the present, then it gets a bit easier. So, you know, everyone is confronted with adversity at some point in their life, a miscarriage, a sibling having a hard time with mental illness, a friend taking their own life, abuse, job loss. It's not about avoiding that adversity or wishing it never happened. It's about teaching yourself and coaching your mind through it to deal with it. And it's really easy to feel like the grass is greener on the neighbor's side. But 
being jealous of someone else's life doesn't make you any stronger. It's about being resilient, like you said, and pushing through. And it's about leveling up and knowing yeah. and believing that good days are ahead. Your life is not over when these things happen to you. And I would do anything to take the pain away from Taylor and live the rest of my life with him. But I know that's not an option. So I try to remove that sadness and I live with that new reality. Right. Because we're only here in this moment, right? We truly believe at Self Care You that we don't look into the past and the negativity and the things that we've had. We're looking forward, positivity. We're planning for the future. We're making sure that we, you know, are realistic, but we take opportunities when they are granted to us, right? And that's a word that we love is the opportunity is for you to take this moment and cherish it and do what you can and live inside that, that you can build your family, build your relationship with the time that you have, right? Sure. And there's one other thing I wanted to mention that, you know, might not be something that a lot of people talk about. That's very real. There's no timeline for grief. Like the past year, I've been going through something called anticipatory grief you're actually going through the stages of grief before the person even dies and it's you know the same thing that friends and family can feel that too colleagues can feel that and something that gives you the little piece of solitude is knowing that when he does pass away he isn't actually leaving me his body might be leaving the world but he's always going to be with me and he's going to be in everything i do and it makes me feel so much more at peace than I can even explain. And right, because it feels like you've lost the person because their brain is changing and their body's leaving just the, like physically and all his worsening. But it, it's all very devastating for sure. But not wasting any time yeah. is true, but it's hard to appreciate the day sometimes. So if you're grieving, let yourself grieve, you know? Yeah, very much so. Well, listen, I appreciate you. I really do appreciate you to open up and explain what you're going through because we really want to make sure that we express that education to somebody that might be listening that may, may be going through the exact same thing. But let's turn this conversation a little bit in a different direction because how I came across your story was from uh, the great people at the Greek Tycoon. So shout out to the staff over there, Greek Tycoon and Whippy. And they, they offered to reach out to you and connect us because the fundraiser that you just had caught my eyes. I really want to hear about this and how well it was for you. For sure. So I cannot say enough good things about the Greek tycoon. That family there is unreal. They would literally do anything. They would give you the shirt off their backs and they, we expected maybe a one day fundraiser and they're like, Nope, it's going to be three days, $2 from every meal goes to Taylor and Sam, use it how you want, donate it, do what you want. We just want to help. And they're all about community love. That's the one I picked up our check the other day. The envelope said Sam and Taylor community love. And yeah. I love that so much because the I can't, I'm speechless. I, it's hard to talk about it because it's just unreal. There were donations from Graziella Jewelry. There were donations from their suppliers. There were personal donations even from them and then there were extra donations on top of the two dollars per meal and they broke it all down for us and when I saw those amounts it was just mind-blowing I yeah <laughs> well they're, they're pretty amazing you know we like to say that we build a community with self-care you and when I reached out to 
to the staff member. I'm not entirely sure who it is, but whoever it was didn't even ask a second question. I was just like, listen, I'd really like to hear, learn more about this fundraiser. I'd like to talk to the family. I don't know if that was them. Like, you know, at this point in time, I didn't know if that was their fundraiser about, you know, someone in their family, however it was. And their response simply to me was, we'd be glad to put you in touch. And that's community from someone who's trying to promote community and build community. That's community to me because I've been turned away many times when I try and have conversations and we live such in a world of society where we don't want to give information out or whatever it may be. And I was surprised to see that come back to me. I'm not entirely sure why, but I just feel great about the fact that there's great places like the Greek tycoon. So if you're listening to this and you're hungry, get out there too, right? <laughs> I wanted one other shout out for the same reason. Um, it's called Melissa's Sweet Escapes on oh. Facebook. She also did a fundraiser for us last summer she makes butter tarts and all these delicious treats and she did five bucks from all dozen butter tarts i think something like that and she raised so much money for us too the kindness around is just unbelievable (laughs) it is well it sounds like you know we're starting to get the word out there that's what it's about right and we're trying to make sure that we let everybody know that we need some support We need the rally. We need some positive vibes. That's what we need, right? (laughs) Now, I'm interested in how Taylor's doing. I, you know, same way everybody says about me, the amount of bravery and courage Taylor has shown over the past year is truly unmatchable. And he'll tell you the same thing I would when you're put in an adverse situation like this one. You only have two options. We both chose to take the route that doesn't involve spending your days crying in your bed. Right. (laughs) You know, his his brain does need an out of order sign attached to it. It's, you know, his, his physical and mental abilities are worsening a bit and, you know, he'll make disconnected connections to things that have happened in the past and he'll think they only happened recently. It's kind of bizarre, right. kind of like Alzheimer's would be in a way. And, you know, he's mad at the tumor quite often, which is understandable. And when he's mad about it, I, I just vibe with him and I'd be angry at the world too, because it isn't fair, but you know, we're just living each day the best we can, exactly like we say, and we enjoy the sunshine and have a drink on our patio and watch TV, just do all the things we like to do. That's it. You know, spend time together, right? That's the most important. We forget about the person and the, what brought you to this point was that your relationship, your bond to each other, and no matter what comes in that way, whatever it is, you still have that bond, right? And you're doing the right thing. So good for you. You know, I really wish Taylor well, and I hope that, you know, we can start seeing some positive things coming his way. We're going to, you know, our community is going to support him the best that we can. You know, Sam, I have this one question that we ask everybody, and I think that you're going to give us a great answer is that if you're sitting across from somebody that is going through exactly what you are and is struggling, you know, what would be some advice that you'd give them? I would say don't take one second for granted. Take a couple seconds to appreciate what you have because it really can be taken from you at any unexpected time. Don't take for granted the people around you who wait for you at home, grandparents waiting for your phone call, the child that just wants five minutes of your time and time is love. Don't waste one second. Just breathe, take it life moment by moment. Yeah, very much so. Time is one of those things you cannot refund. You can't exchange. You can never get back. The only thing you get from it is learning curves and memories, and you need to take advantage of it for sure. So we talked about the fundraiser. 
you know, and we know how that turned out with the great support, but I really want people to understand that we're still trying to support. So I'd love for you to give your GoFundMe information. You know, I know you're a part of this really awesome Facebook group. So I'd love to hear about that information or any contact information you'd like to give out. Yeah. So my, my friend, made us a GoFundMe, which has been really successful and helpful over this whole year too. And that's called support for Taylor and Sam on GoFundMe. And my Facebook page I created is called clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. And it is a private page, but if you request, I can approve you to join if you'd like to follow along Taylor in my journey. And I would love to chat with anybody who wants any advice or just wants to say hey after this sam thank you for your time we appreciate you sharing with our community and i'm telling our community the self-care you community let's get out let's stand up let's support sam as and taylor as they're going through this or any way you can okay sam thanks a lot for your time thank you so much for having me well we really want to thank taylor and sam for sharing their story. I know it takes a lot for someone to step out of their comfort zone and be able to expose some of the privacies that go on. We're really thankful for that. We wanted to thank the Greek tycoon for easily putting us into contact so that we could support this fundraiser, but also have this awesome conversation. It's amazing to hear Sam talk about adversity and she really just said it best. And once you realize that the only thing that really needs your attention is the present, then it gets a bit easier. So you know, everyone is confronted with adversity at some point in their life, a miscarriage, a sibling having a hard time with mental illness, a friend taking their own life, abuse, job loss. It's not about avoiding that adversity or wishing it never happened. It's about teaching yourself and coaching your mind through it to deal with it. That's bang on. And I really want to thank Sam for sharing her story with us. That's our show for the week. Thanks for sticking around. Be sure to check out the Level Up Speakers community as we're starting a community to help people battle public speaking. It's huge. Not a lot of people like to talk about it because they're terrified of the fact of being in front of people and being judged. We got a positive community and we're going to be working towards making sure that everyone can express their feelings publicly without anxiety. Send us an email over there at selfcareupodcast at gmail.com or look us up on Instagram at selfcareu underscore level up. This is Self Care You, and we definitely level up today with Sam Hill. Mm-hmm.